So church, uh, the last time that I preached, um, I was told, I think it went well over 40 minutes. <laughs> so this time, <laughs> I'm going to keep my introduction short um, so we can get into the meat of the text. Um, so here comes the short introduction. You ready for it? Please open your Bibles to John chapter 13. How's that? Pretty good? Great, great. All right. So uh, John chapter 13, the passage that I'm going to read today is long. Um, but here's the thing. Hang with me. I promise we'll get through it together. I promise you'll still be in your seat when it's finished. <laughs> and um, I just can't wait to tell you what God's Word uh, says today. And we're going to read it, we're going to get through it, then we're going to talk about it together. So uh, John 13, I'm starting in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him, and that's why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I, whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And the disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, what you are doing, what you are going to do, do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Jesus had the money bag, or because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. 
you will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Okay, that's John 13. We made it. In this story, we are going to focus on Jesus washing the disciples' feet and how that applies to our lives today. But there's a lot happening in this, in this story and in the context of that uh, that we need to be aware of to put Jesus' serving in perspective. And so I'm going to hit a couple highlights, and then we'll kind of get into the meat of it. Um, first, we see that Judas is there. Um, he's this character in the story, right? He's one of, the, one of the 12 disciples. We see that in this scene, he leaves Judas. Judas leaves to betray Jesus. Um, in verses 21 through 30, we read about Judas leaving to betray him in the night, right after the meal. Judas is somebody who's walked with Jesus for three years, but he will betray him for the price of a slave. This has to cause Jesus some anxiety. The Bible says right here that Jesus was troubled in his spirit. Verse 21, he was troubled in his spirit. And by the way, this is one of the ways that we know that Jesus was fully human and fully God. (laughs) As fully human, Jesus felt betrayal just like we feel betrayal. His humanity caused him to be troubled by what his divinity knew was going to happen. Um, Next thing going on in the context here, Jesus foretells of his leaving earth. He he foretells to his disciples of what is coming. Um, Jesus is looking ahead to his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. Jesus knew what lay ahead for him, and he was ready to fulfill the scriptures and complete the will of God for his life. And Jesus told the disciples that he must leave them soon. I mean, he says it explicitly. He says, I must leave you soon. Um, So they were to begin preparing for his absence, even though at the time they were very, very confused by what he meant. And then the last thing kind of going on in in, in the context here is we see at the end in verses 36 through 38, Jesus is foretelling of Peter's denial. Um, Third, Jesus knows, he knows that some of his friends are going to deny even knowing him. Um, Peter, as usual, is the first to speak in this sequence. Um, He affirms really strongly, Jesus, I will lay down my life for you. And he says that to Jesus. And what he doesn't know is Jesus is about to tell him, no, Peter, you're going to deny me three times very soon. Now, don't miss how big that statement would have been in the context of the evening, right? Jesus is gathered uh, for a meal with his disciples. Um, It would have been extremely difficult for Peter to hear that, right, Um, from Jesus. And it would have been really difficult for all the other disciples to hear that. Uh, One theologian actually said, Jesus' prediction of Peter's defection, that Peter will disown me or deny knowing him three times, must have completely shocked the other disciples. In fact, they may have even wondered if Peter was the traitor that that Jesus was speaking of. Now, we've laid out the context of the evening um, of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. In the midst of all this, we have this act where Jesus goes and he washes his disciples' feet one by one, in the midst of all this stuff happening. And that's what I want to focus on and point out three things for you during our time together uh, today. The first one is this. On the eve of his death, Jesus served others. On the eve of his death, 
Jesus served others. Remember, at this point in the gospel story, um, in the timeline of Jesus' life and ministry, Jesus' death and resurrection are very near. <laughs> um, Jesus knows this. He's fully God, remember? Like, he, he, he knows this is coming. Think about this. Jesus is fully God. He's the Lord Almighty. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Creator. He's the Savior. He's the Deliverer. And this God, this Jesus, is the one who stoops down and he takes upon himself the role of a servant. And he does that through an act of washing the feet of his disciples. And this act was actually pretty symbolic of Jesus' entire life and ministry of serving others. Think about this. Jesus, he leaves his throne in heaven. This is what the Bible tells us. He leaves his throne in heaven. He comes to earth. He's born. Uh, this is why we celebrate Christmas. He's born and he's raised in a very unglamorous place and time. Um, he begins doing ministry. He served people all of his days. And then in, in his final act here on earth, he provides atonement for the sin of humanity through his death on the cross. And on the night before he does that, he voluntarily positions himself as a servant to his followers. And just to make this point a little bit clearer, to, to think about uh, where Jesus was and, and what it meant for him to actually wash his disciples' feet, um, listen to what one scholar says about foot washing and, and, and what that was and what that meant in the time of this story. Uh, the scholar says, foot washing was needed in Palestine, in ancient Palestine. He said, foot washing was needed. It was a necessary thing. Um, the streets were dusty and people wore sandals without socks or stockings. And it was a mark of honor for a host to provide a servant to wash a guest's feet. So if a host was hosting a party, they would typically provide, it, it, it was seen as a mark of honor for them to provide a, a servant. Um, it was a breach of hospitality not to provide for it. Wives often washed their husband's feet and children washed their parents' feet. All the kids went to Crossroads Kids already. We missed, we, we missed that moment. Um, most people, of course, had to wash their own feet. And by the way, the washing of feet, it was the lowest of the lowest serving opportunities back in the day. Scholars referred to foot washing as a menial task, quote, a menial task, um, a, quote, humiliation, a, quote, lowest and meanest kind of service that could be required of any man. Yet this is how Jesus chose to serve the night before he died. Church, if Jesus, who is God, would stoop down to us and serve us in this lowest way, isn't this a God worth worshiping? And isn't this a God worth trusting with the most precious thing that we have, that being our lives? Tell me of another God in any other religion who does this sort of thing. Um, tell me of another God in any other religion who would stoop down to serve his people in this way. Jesus is truly distinct in this way, isn't he? He is. Second, as he served, Jesus revealed the way to be saved. As he served, Jesus revealed the way to be saved. So we have verses uh, 6 through 11 that we're kind of looking at here. Um, in these verses, we see this really, really interesting exchange between Peter and, and by the way, here he is speaking up again, okay? So if you read your Bible, you notice whenever there's a group of people and Jesus will ask a question, Peter's like hand goes up first, right? He's like the kid in class, like his hand's always shooting up first, 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 right? Like, so here comes Peter, he's speaking up again. Um, he and Jesus have this exchange. Um, remember, uh, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? 
And Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter says to him, you shall never wash my feet. So he gives this big affirmative statement to Jesus, like you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. So then Peter does a 180, right? And he goes, uh, Lord, not my feet only, but like my hands, my head, like everything, right? Um, Jesus said to him, the one who's bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew was to, uh, who was to betray him. So Peter tries to stop Jesus from washing his feet. For the reasons that we mentioned already, Peter saw this as a degrading act for Jesus and he wanted to put an end to it. He, like Peter's love for Jesus is so great that he's like, no, 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 you cannot. Like you are not coming over here with that bowl and that water and like you are not gonna wash my feet. But Jesus instead attempts to explain to Peter what he's doing. He says, Peter, this is a physical washing of your feet, but this is actually a, this is a picture of spiritual washing away of sin. Peter doesn't get the memo. So when Jesus tells Peter, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me, Peter, who still doesn't get the memo, um, he says, okay, Jesus, how about a bath then? Like, like, how about a full, like, like, you know, head to toe, like full cleansing? And then Jesus explains further, he says, no, 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 Peter, you're still not getting it. Um, when, you, when someone is cleansed from their sin, they are clean. <laughs> this is the gospel, church. As Jesus is serving, he's also letting the disciples and us know that he is the only one who can save people from their sins. He is the only one who can save people from God's wrath poured out on sin. He's it. We know from the scriptures that Jesus' blood paid the price for our sins and that Jesus died on the cross in our place, receiving the punishment that the Bible says we deserve for sin. And now Jesus extends the gift of everlasting life. He says, there is this gift right here, everlasting life here for you. But you must repent of your sins and trust in me. And as Jesus is serving the disciples, he's proclaiming the message of the gospel. And when we serve others, church, we do the same. And this is why at Crossroads, we support ministries that proclaim the gospel in word and in deed. Um, I think primarily of a ministry like Food for the Hungry. If you've been around Crossroads for a little while, that, that sounds familiar to you, Food for the Hungry. Um, they're a ministry uh, partner that we partner with and they work in communities around the globe and what they do is they alleviate poverty. They, they work in the poverty alleviation business. <laughs> um, and they do it through child sponsorship. And many of you listening to this message, you have already partnered with, with Crossroads and with Food for the Hungry. You've already partnered by sponsoring a child. And by sponsoring a child, um, the one big part of that, we sponsor a child through Food for the Hungry. Um, it's, a, uh, it, it's a little girl that's about the same age as our daughter. And one of the awesome, awesome, awesome parts of that is that we get to write letters to them. <laughs> we get to write letters to them. And, and um, our sponsored child's name is Melly, and she lives in the DR in the Dominican Republic in the same village where a lot of you guys sponsor uh, the sponsored children um, that, that uh, you have sponsored through uh, Crossroads. And in the letters that we write to her, we get to tell her about the good news about Jesus. We get to tell her how we're praying for her, and we get to tell her who God is. And these letters, they go out and they get delivered by, along with tangible resources that help um, they get delivered into that community by other Christ followers who work for Food for the Hungry. And they're having conversations, they're showing the gospel through deeds, and they are sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus in word. And so when Jesus washes his disciples' feet, it wasn't just about cleaning dirty feet. <laughs> um, that was certainly needed in that time, but that's not the main thing. 
It was to show them that the true cleansing of sin comes from Jesus Christ and that Jesus has accomplished that for them. The third thing that I want you to see today is this. The world uses and takes followers of Jesus, love and serve. The world uses and takes followers of Jesus, love and serve. Verses 34 and 35, they say this. Um, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus directly tells us, directly tells us that people will know that we are followers of his, that we are his followers, his people, by the way we love one another. And so within our church, the way that we care for one another is a sign. It's a sign that we belong to Jesus, right? It doesn't earn our favor with Jesus, just to be clear. It doesn't earn our favor with him, but it is a sign um, of, it's a sign that we belong to Jesus when we love one another. And here at Crossroads, that's, that's really important to us. It's extremely important to me. I can speak on behalf of Pastor Will. It's important uh, to him as well. Um, we want to serve you, church. We want to care for you. And currently, one of the ways that we do that here at Crossroads is through um, what we call our Benevolence Fund, or um, also known as our Deacon Fund, uh, because our, deacons are, our deacon team is the one who kind of manages this. Um, our deacon team, they've set aside resources in a fund to care for those within the Crossroads family, because we want to care for you. We want to um, share the good news and the love of God uh, with you, but we also want to show you. <laughs> Um, if you have needs, let us know by going to crossroadsbrooklyn.com slash care. Crossroadsbrooklyn.com, our website, slash care. We have a short online form you can fill out, and one of our pastors or deacons will follow up with you quickly um, when you fill that out. Next, I, I want you to look at, at verses 12 through 17. Um, it says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Um, as a pastor, I'll be honest, it's easy for me to talk about serving <laughs> inside the walls of the church. All right, honest moment here. It's easy for me to talk about, hey, guys, uh, serving inside the walls of the church is really valuable. Um, you know, we have all kinds of teams, opportunities. You guys have all heard me mention many, many times about serving in Crossroads Kids, our First Impressions team, our worship or production team. Um, and those are great places to serve your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, they're, great, they're great places to serve. You're, there's so many benefits. You're gonna meet a lot of people at church. You're gonna be connected, all that. Yes, I would encourage you to serve here at Crossroads. Furthermore, much of what we do here at Crossroads is a way to show and share the good news of Jesus with our community and our world outside the walls of the church. So, yes, we talk about serving inside the walls of the church. That's pretty easy. But let's talk for a moment about serving outside the walls of the church. Think about this. Um, why is serving outside the, like, how do we show that serving outside of the walls of the church is important? This is why at Crossroads, each fall when a new school year starts, we hand out backpacks full of school supplies.
to kids at the start of a new year. It's always over 100, always over 100 uh, since we've been doing it, but we hand out school supplies to over 100 families um, each new school year. This is why, church, we host um, an event called the Easter Extravaganza. We host it every Easter, and um, yes, there are usually um, thousands of people <laughs> that, that come to this event. Um, and by the way, yes, it's back on this year, um, so stay tuned. Yeah, it's coming. Um, it's going to be back on. Uh, we're making plans already. You'll hear about that soon. Um, but that's why we host that event, because we believe it's important to serve outside the walls of the church, to follow in the example of Jesus. Uh, this is why our Crossroads Men's Ministry is planning this year uh, to go and to serve at the Recovery House of Worship in downtown Brooklyn. Um, they do a community food pantry on Friday nights and Saturday mornings, and there's going to be a few times this year that we are going to serve them um, over there. Our Crossroads Men are going to do that. Um, this is why we allow Christian-based organizations to use our office space over on 4th Avenue. Um, we allow them to use our office space for their ministries um, because they're doing ministry to people in the neighborhood. And so we want to support that. Uh, this is why we partner with organizations that minister to the most vulnerable people in our society. Um, organizations like Food for the Hungry and the Guild for Exceptional Children uh, that's right here in Bay Ridge. It's very important to us to serve the vulnerable um, in our communities. Uh, we believe that this is the way of God, the way of Jesus. This is why we support church plants um, in the United States and around the world um, with a percentage of our budget. Uh, you might call it a tithe of the tithe, all right? So we take a portion of our budget here at Crossroads and we give it away every year. Um, and we give it to organizations that are planting new churches in the United States and around the world. Um, and when we call you to serve in these things um, through being a part of the Crossroads family, it's because we believe Jesus' words. He says, I've given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We believe that those are true words, and so we want to follow those. But we also realize that God has called each one of you Everyone who's listening online or here in person, God's called each one of you to live your lives for Jesus Monday through Sunday, not just in the time that you're gathered here. So yes, Monday and Sunday, it includes church, but it also includes living your life and serving outside of church-sanctioned events. This means following Jesus' example of service in your day-to-day -day life. And so to use Jesus' example of foot washing, the question I have for you, how do you, quote unquote, wash the feet of your wife? How do you wash the feet of your husband? How do you wash the feet of your parents? How do you wash the feet of your children? How about your boss? How about your coworkers? What about your employees that you have to supervise or direct? What about your friends? What about your teammates? What about your classmates? What about your neighbors? How do you serve them? And last, but certainly not least, how can we, the church, the pastors, the deacons, our ministry leaders, how can we serve you as you go throughout your week? How can we wash your feet as you seek to wash the feet of those in your everyday lives? It's very important to us. It's something that, 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 that we, we want to know the answer to this. And so today we're asking you um, to give us some feedback. <laughs> So what you do during the week, church, what you do during the week, outside of when you gather here on Sundays, I want you to hear this from the front, from the pulpit, it matters. What you do during the week matters to God. The job you go to, 
the neighbors you have, the other kids in your class, the other people that play on the sports team with you, that stuff matters. It matters to God and it matters to us here at Crossroads, your pastors and your leaders. And we wanna know how we can serve you best as you um, scatter throughout New York City each and every week. And so I wanna extend an invite to you. Let us know. Let us know how we can serve you. Um, there's a slide coming up. You, I'm encouraging you, send us an email. We have a, we have a friendly little address. Hello at crossroadsbrooklyn.com. Send us an email. Let us know how we can serve you. Fill out the care form, crossroadsbrooklyn.com slash care. If you are in need of prayer or care in any way, let us know. We want to serve you, church. The world uses and takes from all of us. Let it not be this way among God's people. Let's love and serve in Jesus' name to a world that desperately needs him. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then you already understand this. If you're a follower of Jesus, you understand more clearly than anyone else what God has done for you. You have experienced the grace that God has poured out in your life. And certainly you care that others experience that same grace, that same peace that Jesus has given you. And I want you to know that we care too, here at Crossroads, we care, your pastors care. And we want to live out this passage of scripture in our way <laughs> by serving you. So church, today we're, we're going to partake in communion as a, a, together, that, that's an act of worship. Um, we do this each and every week and, and, and there's an important reason. Um, we do this uh, first to remember. We want to remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. We want to remember his body which was broken for us, which is represented by, by this cracker. Um, if you came in today, you probably got one of these. Um, Jesus' broken body represented by the cracker that's in here. We want to remember that his body was broken for us. And, and we also want to remember that Jesus' blood was shed for us, which is represented by the juice in this container. His broken body and his spilled blood. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, if you're here today and you have given your life to Jesus, you've trusted in him, if you're a believer, this is the time for you to take the bread and the cup. This is the time to take a moment to confess your sin to him, to reflect and remember what Jesus has done for you and what Jesus gave for you to be saved. And if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, we ask that instead of taking the bread and taking the cup, you would consider receiving Jesus. Instead of receiving uh, the bread and the cup, consider receiving Jesus Christ as Lord. This involves, it's a church word, it involves repenting, to repent. Repent, all it means, repent means turn away, turn away. Turn away from your sin and turn towards Jesus. Turn away from your sin and turn towards him. He's done everything necessary for you to be saved. He's done it all. When he was on the cross and the wrath of God had been poured out to him, he declared, it is finished. That means that he has paid the price for you to be reconciled back to God. You can tell him in a prayer right where you are today, his grace is available for you today. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, um, verse 23, he says this, he says, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So church, we'll take the bread.
And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this, is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.